Hi, everyone. Uh, welcome to my podcast, The Strategic Student. I'm happy to have you listening today. So as you may know, my name is Avery, and I'm making this podcast to share some tips that I've learned along the way. I'm almost a career student, I would say, at this point. I did a four-year undergraduate degree in a STEM field, uh, a master's degree, and I'm just finishing up a law degree. So I've been in school for a long time, and I've written uh, a lot of different tests, some of them math, some of them humanities, law, essays, you name it. And the reason why I'm calling this the strategic uh, student is because this podcast isn't, um, and generally I'm also writing a blog and whatnot, I'm not going to talk just about, um, you know, study habits and whatnot, even though I am going to talk about that. But my overall philosophy is going to be strategy. And you'll probably get more of a sense of this as uh, we continue on. But I think there's a difference between doing well at school and getting the grades you want and being strategic. And being strategic requires you to think broader and to think about your life as a whole. And uh, my friends uh, uh, roast me a lot for uh, talking about strategy and it's one of my favorite things. So hopefully this will be uh, kind of useful to you wherever you are in your education. If it's um, you know high school, undergraduate, uh, graduate school, professional school. So today I, would th- I thought that for the first episode, I would talk about something that is strategy related and that I think a lot of students struggle with, and I know I struggled with this uh, in the past. And so what this is, is being strategic with what you focus on. So let me explain that a little bit more. So you have a set amount of time in the day, obviously. Uh, You have a lot of commitments. Uh, Maybe you have hobbies, you have your friends, your family, maybe you have a part-time job, you have school, and you want to relax. And so the question is, how much time are you going to put towards school and how are you going to spend that time? So how you're going to spend that time, we'll get to that, uh, you know, later on in in, uh, later episodes. But right now I want to focus on the question that actually comes before we start deciding how much time we're going to spend. And that question is, what is our goal? And this is really important to ask because I think a lot of students, and I count myself in this camp, come up, come right out of the gates with the goal of getting the best mark possible. Um, if you're a perfectionist at all, type A, uh, you're competitive, you're probably like, you know what, I'll do whatever it takes, let's go for 100%, and anything less than 100% is a failure. And I used to kind of think like that, I mean, not that anything less than 100% was a failure, but that my goal was to go all out. and. You know, I think this is tricky because I think there is a strong kind of a value system that underlies this kind of thinking, which is that, you know, doing well in excellence is its own reward. And I did, I used to think that too. And if you truly think that, that's okay. But I think what a lot of people don't realize and that I didn't for a long time is that whenever you're spending time studying and trying to go for that 100%, there's an opportunity cost of something else you could have been doing. So opportunity cost, uh, if you haven't heard of it, it's an economics term. And it means essentially that you could have been doing something else with your time. And so if you could have been doing something more valuable with your time than what you're doing, then the opportunity cost, um, it, it it's not worth it. And you, you can calculate this mathematically, but that's the gist. Um, for example, imagine you're a physician and you make four hundred thousand dollars a year, and you 
decide to clean your your apartment every week, um, it takes you an hour to do that. Now imagine as a physician, um, I know I said your annual salary, but let's imagine your hourly salary is, I don't know, $300 per hour. I don't know if I overestimated there, but anyways. Um, and you have to also assume that when you're cleaning the apartment, you could have been doing work. So maybe you have some freelance work. And so you ask yourself, okay, like how much money would it cost to hire a maid? Probably be, I don't know, $40 an hour or something like that. And so in this situation, you can probably see that the opportunity cost of cleaning yourself is not worth it because you could be making more money as a physician. Of course, sometimes you're not actually going to be working instead of cleaning, you'd be relaxing. But the thing is, the idea is your time is worth your time is worth things, whether it's worth money or just worth your own happiness. And so we really need to think about that. And I think in the past, I just thought, okay, well, you know, what else am I going to be doing besides studying? Might as well study. Well, that's exactly the wrong attitude to have because there's a lot of things I could be doing. I could be, you know, have a part-time job, make some money to, you know, set myself up for the future, invest, invest in my relationships, invest in um, exercise. And so what you need to ask yourself, I think, is why am I, why am I here? Why am I in school? What is my goal? So for some people, this might be obvious, like if you're in a professional degree, uh, your goal is to become a nurse if you're in nursing school or a lawyer if you're in law school, right? For a lot of uh, undergrads, especially though, they might come into undergrad not knowing what they want to do when they graduate. That was me. So you do something, you explore. So you have a lot of goals. One of your goals is to kind of figure out yourself and figure out what you like, what you don't like. Another goal is hopefully to set yourself up for a future career, even though you don't know what that career is. Also, you want to have some fun, make some friends, you know, try some student clubs, maybe stuff like that. So the problem here is that there are some career choices that require really high grades. So let me, the best example is medicine, of course. So to get into medical school, um, I'm speaking of uh, the Canadian landscape, but uh, I, I know it's difficult to get into medical school in the States, and I would imagine so in other countries as well, especially a good medical school. You need ridiculously high grades. In, in Canada, it's you know around a 3.9 out of a 4.0 GPA in that range, and then you have to you know write the MCAT and do all these other things. But the point is, you need really high grades. Now, to get those grades, I mean, not only are you going to have to, you know, study a lot, but you're going to have to take like difficult courses. There's sometimes prerequisites. It does depend on the school, but biology, chemistry, blah, blah, blah. And so to get these high grades, um, I don't really care how much of a genius you are. It's it's going to take work. It's going to take work for anybody even to just do the, you know, show up to class, do the projects. Um, and so there's a high opportunity cost to getting those grades unless you're actually going to need them. So what I mean by that is that, okay, imagine I go to university, I study super hard, I get myself a 4.0 GPA, fantastic. But then I decide after graduating um, that I'm gonna work at McDonald's. Okay, I know it's a bit of a silly example, but in that case, was it worth it that I spent all that time studying? Now, you might think to yourself, okay, but, it, but like think of the things you learned and the information you gained and the knowledge you gained. Yeah, that's great. But the question is, was was that why I was really trying to get the 
No. If my goal was just to get more knowledge, that's great. But then you have to tell yourself, my goal is to learn and broaden my horizons. But I think a lot of times people, the goal really is to get the best grade. And then after the fact, you can justify and say, well, you know, I also, yeah, it's great. You also did learn things, but you would have spent your time more wisely if you'd gone in with that express goal. Now, I want to give one more example because McDonald's, um, I'll say it really wasn't a great example. Another one would be if you just become an entrepreneur, you know, it doesn't really matter. Maybe some people could say, you know, it gives you some credibility if you have a degree. It might, but nobody's going to care about the 4.0. So why this is really important is because there's actually, I would say, not that many professions where high grades are necessary to get in. For a lot of jobs, you do need, um, actually, you never need something, but it's uh, it makes it a lot easier. And some things there are, you do need, a, like, for example, you can't become a lawyer without going to law school. So for some things, you do need um, a degree. But for a lot of jobs, you just need kind of a degree. Like a lot of things in business, they're not going to, you know, go and see what you got in calculus. You know, they're going to be like, okay, I mean, it depends if you're trying to work at McKinsey or a consulting firm. Yeah, they care about your grades. But or if you want to be an investment banker. Uh, but, you know, if you want to work in communications, you want to, you know, there's a lot of jobs where they just, they want a degree, but they don't really care about your grades. And then there's some jobs where you don't need a degree at all. And then there's some jobs where you need a, you need a certain level of grades. Like I would say, um, it does depend, but graduate school in general to get a master's degree, it, you know, it depends on what degree program, obviously, but I would say that's easier to get into a master's program in general than into medical school. I mean, it depends on the program, but so you need to have good grades, but you don't have to be like number one, you know? Um, but then there's some areas like medicine, especially, um, law kind of not really in Canada, more so in the States, but it's more so about standard, the LSAT, but I won't talk about that right now. So the thing is, there's a very high, there, there's very few things actually that you need super high grades for in, in Canada. And I would think in, it might be different in the States. So you would have to kind of judge that yourself and ask yourself, what careers am I interested in? So here's the thing, unless you really want to do one of those elite, I say elite, but by elite, I mean that it's, you need high grades to get in. That's what I mean. So to do one of those careers, like medicine, I'll just keep using medicine because it's the best example that I think uh, we have in Canada, you need those grades. So if you need to be really sure, essentially, that if you're, if you're gunning for those high grades, unless you're trying to go for medicine, you're kind of wasting your time. If you're, if you just happen to get the good grades while you're on the pursuit of knowledge and you're pursuing your other goals, which is like whatever those are, that's great. But I'm talking about people who their number one goal is to get good grades and then, but they, they, it, it wasn't necessary. And, you know, this, this is tough because there might be some people, um, probably a lot actually, who enter university thinking, okay, I want to go into medical school or, you know, they're not hundred percent sure. And so they might, you know, study really hard, get those grades, but then by the time they graduate, they're like, mm, I've changed my mind, I'm gonna do something else. And then so they kind of, you know, in a sense, they they wasted that time. But the thing was, they didn't really waste the time because they didn't know, and they were keeping that door open, right? I would say there's a lot of, um, for a lot of careers, um, at a certain point, the door is closed on you. I mean, the door is technically never closed, but I will say this, if you get a 2.0 GPA, the door is closed on you for medicine for 99.99% of people, unless you're, 
you know, Olympian who saved, who cured cancer. You know what I mean? It's just the door is essentially closed. So what you're doing is it's kind of like an insurance policy, getting high grades because it keeps more options open to you. Right. Um, but the thing is like insurance, it costs money. It, and the money it costs you is your time. Now, I keep talking about this wasting time. Like, let me kind of explain, you know, expand on this a bit. So, of course, if you spend a lot of time studying, you are going to learn, and that is valuable. But if your goal is to get high grades, you're going to also spend time doing things that aren't really conducive to your learning, but they're only conducive to getting high grades. So you are going to learn, but you're also going to spend be spending time that is solely for the purpose of getting high grades. Um, for example, sometimes there's assignments that are just a waste of time. And, you know, I don't even need to get into examples, but they might not be based on learning anything, but it might be kind of like some kind of just rote, rote exercise. And you're just doing this and, and you're spending all the time like checking over the details to get the grade. It's not about, um, you know, learning. Oh, here's another excellent example. So uh, in high school, I was in a math class and the professor or the teacher said, kids, if you want to get bonus marks, you can all do these Sudoku puzzles. So I did the Sudoku puzzles. I got bonus marks. A bunch of us graduate, you know, ended up with absurd high, absurdly high grades because we got like, like 10% bonus. It was it was absurd, but you know, you have to take advantage of it if it's offered to you. And the thing is, I didn't learn anything about the Sudoku. I mean, unless you want to argue that, oh, I learned Sudoku, but you know what? I didn't, and I don't really care about learning Sudoku. So the only reason I did that was because I wanted to get the bonus marks. Um, and getting the bonus marks was important to me because getting a good grade was important because I wanted to go to a certain university. But if I was planning to not go to university and just um, I don't know if I had, I was going to go to, I was going to say trade school, but you might need certain grades to get into trade school. Okay, let's imagine that I'm going to be an entrepreneur. I already have something on the side going. I'm not going to university. In that case, it uh, me doing the Sudoku was a waste of time unless I really enjoyed the Sudoku. And of course, yeah, the Sudoku is just like a two minute, ex you know, it didn't take that much time. So it wasn't a huge waste of time. But in general, in university, this adds up. The time you spend to get those top grades, it adds up. And it doesn't just add up in terms of time, but it adds up um, emotionally and mentally. If you're really trying to get top grades, there's not there's not a lot of room for, for messing up, essentially. If you're trying to get, you know, an A+, that's top 5% in the class. I mean, it depends, but that's where, how it was when I was an undergrad. And so if you mess up on one, one test, like one midterm, done. You know, you're great for that class. You're, you can't get the A+. If you're trying to keep a 4.0 GPA in one semester, one class out of four years, you get a C, it's bad news. It's really hard to recover from that. And so it's a lot of it's a lot of pressure because you write so many exams in undergrad throughout four years. I mean, everybody's going to have a, you know, going to have a bad day. They're going to get unlucky. It just but when you have that pressure on you, it it takes a toll. So don't put the pressure on yourself it's, if it's not necessary. That's what I'm saying. Don't convince yourself you need a 4.0 if your plans have nothing to do with wanting a 4.0. doesn't mean you still can't try and learn, of course, but there's a difference between studying to learn and studying to get a really high grade. And also, at a certain point, 
there's studying to learn and there's studying for the test. And if you get a really high grade on a test, you probably did know the material well. But I would say that the way I study for tests isn't the same way that I would study to learn something. Because for a test, if you're being strategic, this is what you say. You say, what are we going to be tested on? And if the teacher told you, you study that. If you're not sure, you kind of make your best guess and you study that. And that might not always line up exactly with uh, more broader learning. For example, in undergrad, I took a class where the, the teacher, the professor told us for the exam, he was going to take 25 multiple choice questions and they were all posted online beforehand. We could look at them, we could see the answers. And I mean, it was, I mean, honestly, it was, I don't know why everybody didn't get 100% because you just had to memorize like 25, the answers to 25 questions and they were multiple choice. Anyways, the point is to study for that test, all you had to do was just do those 25 questions. But if my goal was to learn as much about the class as possible, I would have also done the readings and really reflected on them and spent time thinking. And if that's my goal, that's great. But, but if my goal is actually just to get the highest mark possible, that is a complete waste of time. And it's like that in a lot of classes, um, especially I found this in uh, law school. And I think it may be, you know, kind of when you get any kind of classes, I think that require readings. Um, in my undergrad, it was STEM, so there wasn't as much reading, but in law school, it's a lot of reading. Oftentimes in these classes, you'll have readings each week, but then the readings won't correlate at all with what you're being um, ultimately graded on. If it's a test, you're being often you're graded on something other than the readings, or often you are doing an, um, an essay in one of those classes. And the essay isn't, you know, summarize all of the readings. The essay is do your own research on topic of your choosing. And so while you could say that the readings might help you somewhat because they give you more context, I guess, for your essay, you know, if, if you had to ask, if you really asked yourself, what is, if I only had five hours to write the essay, what would I spend my time on? What would be the best use of my time? It wouldn't be doing the readings. It would be researching your topic of interest and writing about that topic, right? So the readings are really great for general knowledge, but they're not great for getting a good grade. So hopefully you kind of get my point now, which is that having the goal of learning and improving yourself is not the same goal as trying to get the best grades possible. And while the two definitely overlap, it's important to know which one you're doing because, or you, it's obviously you could be doing a combination of the two, um, but it's important to know kind of like what your goal is or you can end up wasting your time. So I wanna kind of go back to what I was saying a little bit earlier about keeping the doors open. So this would be my advice, essentially. If you're somebody who you're 100% sure you're not gonna need high grades in university, maybe you're not, Maybe you're doing a job that doesn't even need a university degree. If, if you're going to get a job that doesn't need a university degree, it's totally great to go to university, but you should go in with the goal of um, learning as much as possible, making the right connections, enjoying yourself. That should be your goal, right? Like if you're 100% sure, you're definitely not going to pursue any kind of postgraduate training. And of course, maybe you're going to say, oh, you can't be 100% sure of anything. Yeah, that's true. But, you know, at a certain point, you have to say, I'm... I'm sh more than sure you have to make that call eventually, right? If you feel quite sure about what you're going to do, then then don't stress yourself, okay? I mean, 
you probably want to pass just for your own self-esteem and everything, but your goal isn't to get the best uh, grade. Now, so that's one student. There's another student who they need to graduate and they might need good grades. And in that case, yeah, you want to you want to study, you want to study for whatever grades you think you need. And so the next student I want to talk about, this is, okay, actually, no, I'm going to talk about, um, and then we'll go back to the middle student. So the next student is somebody who knows they want to go to medical school, that's their dream, or they want to go to, I don't know, Harvard Law School, like what, whatever it is, and they need those grades. Obviously, you study for the grades, that's, all, that's obvious. And you can also learn, you can also learn, but those are two separate goals and, you know, be aware of which one you're pursuing at which time. And um, I won't get into that now, but okay. So the tricky part though, is what if you're a student who's not sure? And to be fair, this is most people. And you might say you're a student who's sure, but you're actually not, um, or you feel sure, but you'll change your mind. So you have to kind of ask yourself, am I the kind of person who says I'm sure about something and then I change my mind? And if you are, that's totally okay. Like I do that too. Um, but the thing is, like I said before, there's certain doors that once you close them, they're almost impossible to open. If you get, if you bomb your first semester of undergrad, um, you're making the medical school door it, there's just a sliver open. There's some schools where um, they will take like your best three years or maybe your last two years. So actually there's still, you know, some opportunity, but in general, by not getting good grades, you are closing some doors and that's okay. But you need to ask yourself, like, how likely am I to change my mind? And if I do change my mind, am I going to really regret having closed the door? Right? So if you're not sure, and you think there's like a, a, I don't know, a reasonable likelihood maybe that you're going to want to pursue um, medical school or something else that requires those grades, then get those grades, right? But here's the thing. You're going to have to trade that off between, like you're making this big sacrifice for something that you might not need, right? Like it is a very real sacrifice. You will spend a lot of time studying. It will cause a lot of emotional stress. And that time it's time that could have been spent learning the material better for your own engagement. Because like I said, studying for the test versus learning, not always the same. That time could have been spent with friends. It could have been spent earning money, doing a side job. It could have been spent doing, you know, numerous things. So there's this trade-off and, you know, that's a, that's a really tricky one to, to decide about. And I think in general, we put off decisions for too long and, you know, maybe this is something I'll get into in a later episode, but our generation and, you know, I'm in, I'm in my twenties. I'm a millennial. I guess I'm a, like a younger millennial, I would say. We've grown up in this era where there is almost, and I'm talking about like I, we, as in we in North America, I'm, I don't know. I can't speak to other um, areas of the world as well. We've had a lot of opportunities. There's a lot of different jobs you can do, and everyone can be an entrepreneur these days. Everybody, look at me, I can start a podcast. Um, you know, everybody can write, become an author, and self publish on Amazon. There's so many opportunities, but the fact that we have so many opportunities can be overwhelming. And uh, this creates a lot of anxiety. And I would actually recommend you check out the book, uh, the, Parado the Paradox of Choice by Barry Schwartz. And essentially, it just talks about the fact that 
even though we think having more choices is a good thing, it's actually not in terms of our happiness. Let me just talk about a little study they did in the book, or they didn't do in the book, they, they talked about the study. And so in this study, there was um, a bunch of jam samples at, I think it was Costco. If it wasn't Costco, it was a store, it doesn't really matter. And so for one group of participants, they showed the participants three samples of jam, and then they got to pick which sample they liked the best. And I think they got like a, they either got a free sample of the jam or they saw how many people bought the jam. And then the other group, they instead sampled 20 more um, jars of jam and then had to, you know, pick their favorite and see how many people bought, bought it. And the results were that among the group who sampled the, only the three types, more of them bought the jam and more of them were happy with their choice than the group with the 20. And let me also mention that the three types of jam were also in the group of 20, 20 jams. So if you think about it rationally, this doesn't really make sense because the people who had 20 choices, they had all the choices that the other group had plus 17 more. So shouldn't they have been more like more likely to buy a jam because they, it was more likely that they would have liked at least one of the jams? And also, wouldn't they be more happy with their choice because they got to pick exactly what they wanted? They had more options. That's what you would think. And that's why we generally, if we are given the choice, we'll always go with the option that gives us more choice. But the thing is that at the end of the day, there's a certain, after a certain amount of options, we can't really keep track of them and it becomes overwhelming. And then after making a decision, we might be second guessing it. We might get a little bit of regret, FOMO. And basically that's what makes us unhappy. It's having all these choices. It's, it's such a paradox, really. It's, um, it's really a it's a first world problem having a lot of choices, but it's true. Um, and in supermarkets, supermarkets, there's you know there's a huge amount of for even toothpaste choices. And at a certain point, we don't need more choices. We just need to make a good choice, right? But it's overwhelming. So to get back to my point, millennials, uh, we have this problem with jobs in that you know. So let's think maybe sixty years ago. Um, it depends who your ancestors were, but for a lot of them, they didn't have a lot of choices for what they wanted to do for work. If you were a woman, uh, largely you, you were not going to work. That was your choice. Your choice was to have kids and that was it. It's no choice. Um, or if you did get a work, maybe you're like working on the farm, like you don't have many choices. And for men, they're either probably working like in a family business or if they're in like a town, there's usually like a few jobs to choose from. Like they could be working in the mines. I had a, a great grandfather who worked in the mines or, you know, on a farm, there's not that many choices. And so, you know, just think to yourself, like how easy would it be to make a career choice if the choice was work in the mines or work as a, a journal editor? I'm not saying either of the choices are better, but like, to me, that'd be pretty easy. It's only two choices. And I, I mean, I would pick the journal editor when it be that, that tough for me. But now there are so many choices and a lot of the choices are good, right? There's a lot of things. I think this is what we forget. And this is what I forget. I always think to myself, okay, what's the right choice? Like out of a hundred choices, what is the right career? But the truth is there is no right career. Um, I mean, we'll never know which one we would have liked the most, but really we can make the most out of a lot of different choices. And there's a lot of options that will make us happy. So I think we need to really reframe and stop thinking about making the right choice and start make, thinking about making a good choice. 
And that actually makes it a lot easier because there's a lot of good choices. So if you ever find yourself really stuck between two decisions, you could honestly flip a coin and pick either of them because they're probably both good options. You know, you'll be happy with either. And I know that's really hard to do because no matter which one you pick, you'll look back and you'll regret the the one you didn't pick because, you know, the what ifs. And that's a, you know, that's an aspect of human psychology. And I think knowing that that's a human bias we have can kind of help us deal with that sense of, you know, FOMO. And I think another thing is just to, you know, stop yourself from like thinking about the past. Um, it, it can be hard to catch yourself ruminating, but just say, you know what, I made the choice I made. Okay, so I know I've got a bit off topic, so I want to bring it back here. And the point is that there's a temptation to leave all doors open, right? To try and get high grades just so that door is open. And so on one hand, you want to keep that door open if you think it's, you know, really beneficial. Like if there's a good chance you really might want to be a doctor, like by all means, keep that door open. But if you're kind of like one person, like you're like, ah, I probably don't want to do that. But like, I'd really regret it. Like, what if I want, you know, what if I change my mind? You know, I would just regret not having that option. Um, So in that case, you know, maybe, maybe drop it. So you just need to know yourself. And if you kind of fall into that um, paradox of choice dilemma a little bit. So I'm... I'm running out of time here on Anchor, and um, I'll just I'll just leave you with that. So basically, there's a cost to making, there's a cost to getting high grades. There's a cost to keeping your doors open. So it's really important to know what your goal is, and that's the first step I would say in terms of being a strategic student is knowing what the goal is because strategy is about winning. And how can you win if you don't know what? game you're playing and what the goal is. So thanks very much, everybody. And I'll talk to you next week. Bye.